Hello and welcome to Too Fit to Be Tied. Where we talk about health from a variety of perspectives. Emotional health. Mental health. Physical health. And spiritual health. My name is Jerome. And I'm your co-host, Constance. Welcome to another episode of Too Fit to Be Tied. And well, you know what I'm going to ask you. What, what, are, <laughs> what we, are we talking about today, Constance? What are we talking about? So today we have a guest. We've been on a roll with the guests. Yeah. But this guest, I didn't actually find myself. Okay. So this guest came to me because he listened to a podcast that we published um, with Miles Cook, uh, who was a addiction therapist. And he said, hey random, but I'm a listener of yours. And mm-hmm. I, Miles Cook is my therapist and I would love wow. to share my story. Wow. That's amazing. Yeah. Isn't that cool? So this is kind of, I don't, not a part two, but sort of connected to the podcast that we did with Miles Cook. So yes. And he talked about addict energy. He talked about some of the um, addiction, like the addiction process and and clients he sees. And now we get to actually talk to one of his clients who has had therapy with him. So we get like two two perspectives. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So are you ready? I'm of course I'm ready. Okay. I gotta find his number. So you're not ready. I, I'm ready now. Hello. Hey Shaker. Hi. Hi. You're on the phone with me and uh Jerome. Hi, Shaker. Uh, Nice to meet you, and thank you so much for doing the podcast. So I was just telling uh, Jerome and the audience that um, you contacted us because Miles Cook is your therapist, and we get to get a totally different perspective now on um, addiction and therapy and all those things. Okay, so tell us a little bit about yourself, and tell us us your story in a nutshell. Sure. like all the entire story. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, maybe um, don't start from birth, but like, you yeah, know, yeah. give us like, give us the reason, you know, the reason why you started working with Miles. Tell us a little sure. bit about your, you know, your, your therapy and your addiction and, you know, what you, what you essentially um, felt like you needed Miles for. Absolutely. So initially the main reason I contacted Miles was because I had gotten to a point in my life where I wasn't seeing a clear path anymore, right? Um, there was too much, too many things going wrong at the same time and felt as if I needed help with identifying the source of the issue mm-hmm. and then resolving that source of the issue. Because anytime prior to that, it was just dealing with the issues at hand, right? But at a surface level as well, it wasn't really identifying the, the true problem or the true setback that was causing me to, you know, take action in a certain way or whether it was gamble or smoke or whatever it may be, like that was just an action item that was, that came after what I was really feeling on the inside. In general, it was just, you know, I felt, I felt like I couldn't help myself anymore at some point. Mm -hmm. So that's why I reached out to Miles initially. Um, Actually, my wife pushed me to do it for months and months and, I just kind of ignored it. Uh, didn't think I needed it, right? I was like, no, I can figure this out on my own. But um, I'm so grateful that I, 
I tried it. I'm so grateful that it ended up being miles, you know, and I hear stories about people go through a couple of different therapists before they find the one they really connect with. But right off the bat, miles was like the person I needed to help me get out of the situation, you know? And, and what was the, you said the, the, um, you, you weren't getting at the true problem. What was the true problem? If, if that's not too personal. Yeah. So my biggest, my biggest true problem was, um, avoiding conflict, uh, avoiding any sort of confrontation, um, and just not really taking responsibility for my actions. So there was always like, you know, and I'll give you a quick scenario. Like if I gambled and lost money and it affected my business or, uh, affected my day-to-day, um, bills or anything like that, I would find a different way to spin it to make myself feel better and not necessarily associated with gambling. Um, mm. so gambling is something that I like took care of a few years ago. Um, but still had like not an itch for it, I would say, but I didn't see it as a bad thing still, you know, like any, any chance I would get at, you know, family events or going to a friend's house to play. Like I took those opportunities to take, to, to go play. But now I've gotten to a point where I don't even need it. I don't search for it. Right. Um, before it used to be, you know, if I was trying to set up a home game, couldn't find anybody to play with, I would go go somewhere, right? Go to a casino or go find a, a place to play, right? It would just be that urgent that I'd go and find a table and go and essentially risk my money, right? But um, what I realized working with Miles is that that's just a habit. Like, there's there's something deeper within, and that was the avoidance, and that was the not dealing with conflict or having low self-esteem or, you know, not having real personal connections. Like everything I've done prior to this moment in my life has been at a surface level. It was never like on a deep personal level with anybody. Um, If it related to business, it was always monetary, right? It wasn't like to truly solve somebody's problem. So it's just been a really, really eye-opening experience. And I, I see things completely different now like i can honestly say i'm a different person than i was even two months ago right Mm. because it's that quick of a change like if you truly want it to be and you truly put in the work it is that quick of a of a change so it doesn't necessarily have to take months or a year so you feel like your business and personal relationships are now different because you um because you start because you've addressed that um that underlying issue yeah absolutely um Along with that, though, there was, I've, I've made a lot of different changes in my life as well. And it all started because when I started seeing Miles, there was no way out, right? I was just in a dark place. When I started working with Miles, we would work through things, but it wasn't, it wasn't like, hey, Shaker, this is what I want you to work on, right? It would just be, you know, that hour session twice a week to start and just, speaking to somebody about your problems with no judgment and hearing their true feedback, you just leave feeling a lot better, right? You leave with the weight lifted off your shoulders that somebody else knows your problems and somebody else knows exactly what you're going through. Mm -hmm. With Miles, we really connected because he was also an addict and he had his own addictions that he fought through. So like to resonate with somebody like that on that level, like, and, and I still see him weekly, like this isn't, now I see him as like uh, 
a tool or a utility to get better in life, like even better than where I'm at right now. It wasn't like, I just need a therapist just to get out of this funk. No, this is like an ongoing, a good feeling, like good energy, good vibes. Like every time I leave his office, I'm, I'm like ready to go, like take on the world. Right. And just the positivity and everything like him going through what I, what I've been through and us having the same similarities in the way we've grown up and so on and so forth. Like that just solidifies that he was able to do it. So I should be able to as well. So he motivates you to continue and clean up your life. Really? Absolutely. Okay. And for his, his situation might've been a little bit different because it was, you know, drug use, but like with me, it was just habits. Right. But, still a very, very powerful thing. So here's my question about gambling. Like, I think people can wrap their brain around a lot of times addiction. Um, you know, for example, your drinking gets out of hand because, you know, you're stressed. So what do you do? Mm-hmm. You you go have a drink. Or you can kind of see if you're with the wrong crowd, you know, somebody gets into drugs and then they develop a habit that they can't kick. With gambling, sure. what, like, did you find... It's a two-part question. Did you find that you were using it, like, if you were stressed, if you were down, if you were, you know, were you kind of using it sort of to self-medicate in a way? And the second part of the question is, what do you feel like you were chasing the high? What was it about gambling specifically that did it for you? So those are my two questions. Yeah, those are those are great questions. And they they go very much hand-in-hand, hand, right? So initially it was chasing the high because when you start off gambling and you you don't know how much you're capable of making whether it's a roulette table or a poker game like you don't know what's out there until you've had a taste of it right mm. and so i would like initially the trying to strive for that or trying to get that high again um is what led me to keep coming back right but then you get into a, a point where you're no longer going back because you missed those highs. You're going back because now you've put yourself in a financial situation that you think going back and doing it again, you would recover what you lost the day before. Ah. Right. And then before you know it, it becomes a habit. And before you know it, it's what you're thinking about all day. And you're there every day and you're there for a long period of time. It's like a and job, really. It like yeah, becomes no, essentially, yeah. Mm-hmm. And there's and again, there's a lot of pro poker players out there that are capable of going in uh, with a set limit, playing and leaving, but they also have a set limit of how much they could lose, but they're also satisfied with what they win, right? And there's there's times where I find myself, like, where I found myself, like, being up, you know, a 1000 or $2,000 and still wanting to be there and not understanding what that, why, why that was, you know? Mm. So for me, it was definitely a coping mechanism. And, like, you know, whenever I'm, at the table, whenever I'm playing or gambling or whatever it may be, that like nothing else is on my mind at that time, right? But it's very, it's not, that's that's the way it is with any habits that form because you're trying to relieve stress, right? It's it's avoiding dealing with my true thoughts and feelings and what's really happening in my life. Hmm. It's so, an escape. Yeah. So gambling was just the action, right? But it could have been easily, I have a video game addiction or I have, you know, any any other addiction in the world is just the action. But why, why do you keep going back? Why, what hasn't gotten solved for you that you feel like you need to go back, right? Hmm. And it's it's as simple as habit forming. Like if you've done it, if you do it for a couple of weeks, then it just becomes a habit. And before you know it, 
you look back and you're like, oh my God, I've been doing this for a year, but it's, it's not helping me in any way. It's not benefiting me in any way, you know? Was, when you look back, can you see sort of a beginning to where things started to get out of control or um, are, are, are you able to pinpoint that? Um, no, honestly, it, it, it happens really quickly, but there's no, there's not like one moment in time where I was like, oh my God, this is when, you know, I started like gambling heavy, right? Like there's not one point that I can say that that's when it all started, but it it's gradual. Right. And like, I remember my first time gambling at a casino was in Vegas, right? I took my wife, we went for a birthday first time. And I was already like 23, 24 years old, like never stepped foot in a casino, mm. but then I played roulette and I won, right? And I won like 500 bucks. And I was like, oh my God, this is great, right? And then that's all it took to get me on the hook, right? It's like, wow. oh man, like I watched the ball spin around the wheel one time. It landed on the number I needed it to and I won one. Okay, so right? if you lost, would mm-hmm. that have changed? Do you think that experience, would you think that you could have still, like, you know, you got that high. If you didn't get sure. that, you were there that whole trip, you lost, you know, you put a couple dollars in the machine, you played sure. roulette, you did not win, you did not get that initial high, would that have changed anything for you? Um, I honestly don't believe so because I'm a very competitive person. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, okay. I like, yeah, I like, to, I like to win as much as I can at everything I do. And what's amazing about having this type of personality is that now I'm able to channel it into the group great parts of my life, right? Into my marriage, into my work and utilize that character deficit that could be bad on a gambling perspective to be a very, very good thing um, from a family or financial standpoint. Hmm. I watch a lot of sports and I uh, see these sites like DraftKings where it seems to make it really easy for people to bet on sporting events. And Hmm. In my mind, when I look at it, it just seems like it's, uh, especially particularly if somebody has an issue, um, it's Super it makes accessible. it way it, yeah accessible and way too easy. And mm-hmm. on top of that, a lot of the times when I see these commercials, they are um, actors, athletes, comedians, right? And it seems like the commercials are geared toward getting people that don't have a lot of money to bet on sporting events. Absolutely. Uh, do you have an, uh, an opinion about those things or is that something that you never thought about? Um, so me personally, I, I don't sports bet um, because I knew how dangerous it was for me to even be in a casino gambling, mm-hmm. right? So, But to have it at the palm of your hand is just absolutely terrifying for me, right, personally. So I never created an account, never, never sports gambled, um, never played the slot machines, right? They're just mm. too accessible. So for me, my problem was poker and casinos, right? And as long as I stayed away from that, I didn't have the urge to stop in. Like the same way you see the commercials for DraftKings, like there's slot, there's slot machines everywhere. They're in every restaurant. They're at every bar. They're, there's three and four slot places in the plaza sometimes, right? Like it's just so accessible. Um, and what's scary is that people that may have never gambled in their life, they just try it, right? And they could win and then they're hooked. And it's that simple. So when it comes to the, the sports, the sports betting, I, I, 
yes, you are absolutely right. It's geared towards a certain crowd, um, and they make it so accessible, like super accessible to the point where you can gamble on a sport in China at four in the morning, right? It's like mm. they're just giving people more and more reasons to not be mentally strong. To there's there's so much out there that you can tap into if you have a gambling mindset. Like there's so many different ways you can apply that. And if the casino is not an option for you, you can just jump on the app and and download it and bet on that, right? But the the thing is like society doesn't see gambling as an issue yet, right? I remember when I was a kid, you would see commercials for cigarettes, right? And yeah. you don't see those anymore, right? There's mm-hmm. there's none whatsoever because society has put a negative annotation to smoking and that got to the media and they started shifting the way they're able to advertise, right? They set limitations on how they could advertise. And right now gambling is like almost glorified, especially the sports, the sports betting world. Like if you go on Instagram, you just see like a guy driving a Lamborghini and the first thing he says, Oh, let me show you how I how this. Right. And it's like, Kids are watching that. Yeah. Right. right. You're you're implanting the seed into teenagers' minds that now they're not looking forward to going to college. They're looking forward to turn 18 so they can start gambling. Right. Or like it's just it's just a completely different world. So without having a negative annotation, without the entire society having a negative annotation to it, um, I don't think those commercials are ever gonna go anywhere. But I think it's it's really bad for for society and really bad for people with a very addictive personality Mm -hmm. because at the end of the day, those companies are not going to be there for you when you lose everything, right? When you lose your house and absolutely a a lot of people that gamble know how hard it is to stop. They know how much it's affected their personal finances and their life and they still choose to do it. Like until, until I went to the casino and signed myself out, right? So, this is another big part of it. Like in order to quit and I knew how addictive, how addicted I was to it. I was like, let me eliminate all the sources of how I can gamble. So sure enough, I went to the casino. I signed myself out. I am. So then they, for, they basically ban you from coming in. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So I'm self self banned essentially is okay. the term. Okay. But yes. I'm, so I'm banned from every single casino in Illinois, um, every single rivers and Harris properties as well. So it's not like I could drive across to Indiana mm-hmm. and get into Horseshoe because that's owned by Harris, right? So I can't. It's it's very limiting on you being able to drive somewhere, or they make it very very inconvenient for you to drive somewhere very far to go gamble. And then by then you're just over it. You don't want to do it anymore, right? And um, actually, I I met with Miles yesterday, and he was like, "How do you feel, man?" And I was like, "Dude, I feel I feel amazing." Like he's like, "Have you had a niche to play?" And I was like, "Well, yeah, I played." But 20 bucks, right? And at a home game with my cousins, like, that's all I risked. Where before it would be, like, thousands of dollars, right? So he's like, oh, that's awesome, man. Like, I'm really proud. He's like, you haven't gone anywhere else to play? I'm like, nope, not at all. So now I see it as this is something that started off as me enjoying the game of poker, right? And, like, literally enjoying it, the skill level to it, and everything else that has to do with it. But then it got to a point where I resented it. Right, where it made negative effects in my personal life and business life. Jerome, let's switch gears for a minute. Why are we switching gears? 
So I have to tell you about my new favorite insurance agent, John Dadbin, who just so happens to be a podcast advertiser. Oh, by all means, let's hear it. <laughs> okay, so John Dadbin is with Goosehead Insurance. He offers home, auto, dwelling, and umbrella insurance coverage. And I met this guy at a networking event maybe about a year back. Mm-hmm. Super cool, easy to talk to. Like, we totally hit it off. He is like the kind of guy that if my house was on fire, I could totally call and be like, help. After you call the fire department, of course. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's, he's phone Wait call number second. two. Okay. So John checked rates for me. He said he couldn't save me money. And I was like, okay, well, thanks for trying. So six months later, he calls me out of the blue and he's like, guess what? I'm like, yeah. And he's like, I saved your information. I checked your rates. I could save you $1,000. Wow. And I, I was like, you're not changing my insurance coverage. Everything stays the same. Yep. $1,000 less. Wow. Yeah. So the thing is, insurance is hard. Insurance, shopping for insurance is hard. And it doesn't need to be. When you have a guy like John who just like checks your stuff, all you have to do is hand in payment and you're covered. Super simple, super easy. That's amazing. So if you're in Illinois, contact John. You can text him. Um, text to fit T-O-O-F-I-T, so he knows that we sent you. He will check your, uh, and give you a quote, check your insurance coverage, let you know what he can do for you. Um, 312-680-6242. That's John, 312-680-6242. Well, I could imagine it's got to take up so much mental space in your brain because you're thinking about it, you need to make the money back up, or, you know, there's always that constant need to basically go work at it. And yeah. I would assume that you have some mental clarity with that not hanging over your head anymore. Yeah. It's, it's amazing how much things have changed and how quickly they've changed. Um, when you do start thinking clearly, mm-hmm. right. When you, when you do seek help, like I know so many people and I still know so many people that just don't think they need help. They think they can figure it out on their own. Right. But I've, I got to a point where I was like, you know what? I've been trying to figure it out on my own. I need a little bit more help, a little bit more clarification. Now, did you so, have to like hit rock bottom to be, you know, to be able to? Absolutely. You did. Okay. Absolutely. Yeah, I hit rock bottom. So I lost my business, um, like almost lost my house. Like it's, it wow. was rock bottom for me. A, a few months ago was very, very much rock bottom. So, but, but I learned to appreciate it instead of being like, that's rock bottom. Like I'll never get out of the situation. Um, and that's why Miles was super helpful in this entire thing. He just put me in a mindset where, you know, he's like, no, you are smart. You do know what you're doing. Right. And so I ended up, you know, just me just having my own business essentially was a very bad thing. Right. Um, because I'm a person that needs to be held accountable. Right. And when you own a business, you're only accountable to yourself. Mm Mm-hmm. So when you don't do what you say you're going to do or have the freedom to push it off until tomorrow, eventually the 20 things you said you'll do tomorrow, that day will come. And then you will have that many things on your plate. And in the meantime, you pushing it off until tomorrow doesn't solve anything because it's still on your mind. Right. So right. I've learned now that like, just get the action done, whatever, whatever it is, just get the action done. And then you don't have to think about it anymore. If you're tired, push through it, right? If you're not motivated, still push through it because then you won't have to ever think about it tomorrow. 
So and I actually started a new job, um, which I'm very, very thankful for. And the reason I said that I'm learning to appreciate everything that I've been through is all these hard times that I've been through in my life, whether it was when I was a kid or a few months ago, has made me and molded me into the person I am today, right? It's like I came into this new company and I'm absolutely killing it over here. Like they they look at me as if I invented fire because yeah. <laughs> I've been doing this for so long. I'm super well-rounded, right? Like exteriors, interiors, all that stuff. But like they, there's nobody here that can out, outwork me, you know? And that is that is the best part of it all because I know where I was a few months ago and I'll make sure I'm never in that position again as long wow. as I can control it, you know? Wow, that's great. Congrats on, on, on that. Yeah, and you yeah. know, I mean, it could have turned out so much worse. You know, you could have actually lost your house. You could have lost your wife. You could have, I mean, there are, there's so much that could have happened. So you really, as you really, I mean, kudos to you. That's pretty amazing that you were able to shift so quickly and you were able to find a therapist who you did jive with um, and who could help you. Because not everybody is that lucky. So I know you wanted to do this to help others. And so my question to you is, what would what advice would you give to, um, you know, not just someone who's struggling with addiction, but somebody who maybe is ready to, you know, hop into one of those, you know, slot machine places just to play for fun? What would your advice to that person be? Um, that is tough. I mean, if... That's really tough. I would say don't do it, right? That's that's what everybody else says that's been in that space before mentally, right? But don't think of it as, oh, it's only one time or it's only 20 bucks, right? Because you're going to go down a path where that 20 bucks starts adding up, that one time starts adding up, and mm-hmm. before you know it, you are just in a complete funk and super addicted and can't break out of that cycle. So yes, it may seem like a small amount now, or it may seem like you're going to the casino for 15 minutes now, but think, think ahead, like think of my situation, right? And it's, it's very, it's very difficult for people because a lot of people need to learn on their own, right? Like I never, I heard stories about people that gambled and I heard stories about people that almost lost everything. And, um, I just, I was like, no, that could never be me. Like I'm, I'm. I'm really strong-minded, but it's not, it's not a, it's going to take a hold on you in a day or, you know, it's, it's a very long process to get into and an even longer process to get out of financially. Mm -hmm. Right. But mentally, like if you are in that position where you cannot stop and doesn't matter if it's gambling, smoking, playing video games, whatever it may be, whatever your bad addictions are, um, Figure out, number one, why you're there and why you're doing it. And then number two, just know that you can literally stop tomorrow. The The mind is so strong and so powerful. And we attribute, like, addictions to be, like, oh, it's, you know, seven days to um, form a bad habit and 30 days to form a good one. Like, no, it could be next day, right? If you have the right people and the right support system, and that is huge. Like, without my support system, mm-hmm. I don't know where I would be today, right? But regardless, like without, you have to tell yourself that you're fully capable, right? Like you're fully capable of snapping this because I did. And I was at my absolute lowest, like, you know, 
a lot of debt. And I mean a lot of debt because I had my own business, right? But um, a lot of debt, negative, negative emotions, like not wanting to get out of bed, you know, sleeping until 2 p.m., being up just to spend a couple hours with my wife, and then staying up all night while she sleeps because I'm worried, right? I'm worried. Mm -hmm. I'm stressed. I'm the man of the house. I'm supposed to be the protector, the provider. And I wasn't that for a couple of months. And it it can be, you can very easily fall into that hole um, if you don't speak to somebody about it and you don't pick yourself up out of there. But somebody can speak to you until you can't hear anymore. Mm -hmm. It has to be you that wants to make the change, right? And until you're ready to make that change and you want to better your life and get to a better position in life, regardless if it's financially or emotionally or spiritually, nobody else can tell you anything. Nobody's going to, it's not just going to change overnight. It's not going to, you can't just hope for it to get better. You have to do actually do the work for it to get better. I love well, that. You have to do something. You have to do the work. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for, for sharing your story. I'm, uh, yeah, it's not it, easy it's, for people to do. So we really do appreciate it. If we could help one person, I mean, that's, you know, amazing. Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. And that's what I strive for every day now. You know, I look for people to help and I just got a completely different mindset. And when I do meet new people, I can just tell instantly um, that they're going through something, right? Or, or when I meet younger people who are like, very, I want to say like obnoxious or have a, have a huge ego. I'm like, man, these people have not hit rock bottom yet. Right. <laughs> I try not to judge, but the truth is I was that person. Yeah. So I can see it, you know, and I was both of those people. I was the person that thought everything was, I was unstoppable and nothing can, nothing can ever hurt me. And I was the most vulnerable I've ever been. So you learn to like cope with that and also try to help other people out. Like even if they, just reach out with a text message, like dig into it, you know, like, or call somebody and have a conversation, but have a real conversation. Don't just have service conversations with people, like the people you really care about and the people you truly want them to be happy and have the best and be their best in life. Like have the conversation that's going to dig down deeper into their problems. If they allow you to, right. Don't be like barging in on people's <laughs> personal lives, but you know, if they're coming to you for help, then take it up, take it one step further. Yeah. Well, thank you for sharing your wisdom. We so appreciate no it. We will let you know when this is up, and uh, we will love if you shared it. Absolutely. We'll do. Thank, thank you. you so All right, Shaker, okay. have a good rest of your day. All right. Okay. Bye. Bye. Wow. I know. That was you know, brave and informative. and uh, It was. It was very brave to get on and talk about that. You know, that's a big deal. But, but I feel but like— it would be so helpful to people to hear that when they— are in that situation themselves and hear someone else that has gone through it and come out the other side. Right. I mean, he sounds like he's doing really well now. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, I feel like we end every episode with, Oh, my mother was one of these. <laughs> <laughs> right. Like, I think we did the drugs and I was like, Oh, my mother was a pill popper. And then, Oh, you know, my mother is a narcissist. And then as we're talking, I'm like, Oh, I don't think I've ever told anyone that my mother was a, had a gambling addiction. Well, you know, I mean, that is one I don't know a whole lot about. So, well, I, that's, you know, she was the person that had the slot machine that was hers. Like, she had to tap it a few times. Like, there, she, had a, she had rituals. Like, she did all these weird things. 
And I remember going, she lived in Vegas. So I remember going mm-hmm. to the casino with her thinking, you know, I'm 21. We're going to go like, you know, play Just slots. Have some fun. Yeah. She was like, this was like her job. I'm not kidding. That's why I mentioned the job. Oh. Because this was like she was going to work. And yeah. it was, it didn't look fun. It looked stressful. And then you'd see the people that were also sitting in the casino not leaving. And I thought, yeah. like, I mean, stationed there. And I thought, this is so depressing. And I always have been afraid of, well, I've been afraid of drugs. Because, you know, you always hear like, well, you might try it once and be like super addicted to it, right? right. So like yeah. real hardcore drugs I've been afraid of. Eh, not so much the other ones. <laughs> real hardcore <laughs> Just drugs. the hardcore ones. And I've always been afraid of gambling. Like I see those places all the time, you know, those little cafes. And mm-hmm. I just, oh, it just makes me shudder because I'm like, I feel like I would be one of those people that would go in for a fun time and like then I would be hooked. Because yeah. I relate to him. Like I'm competitive. I want to yeah. win. I'm a sore loser. And also like I want to come out ahead. I mean, I, I guess for me, I never I, – you know, I don't have a reference point for that because for me, you know, I've been to Vegas and I look at all those lights and the big buildings mm-hmm. and I think – they don't stay in business giving away money. So I, at the end of the day, I'm not, statistically, I'm not going to win. Right. Right. But if you're competitive or you're maybe even good at it. I mean, some people are yeah. lucky. And that might actually be a negative. Because I think if you're lucky, mm-hmm. I mean, and you keep playing, your luck's going to run out. Oh, yeah. The odds. I mean, just the probabilities are that at some point, if you win a lot, then that's going to balance out over mm-hmm. time. Mm-hmm. Right. So, yeah, I thought this was an interesting addiction because a lot of us can't wrap our brain around it because it's so, I mean, inaccessible because you'd have, you know, but also very accessible. Yeah. I mean, like we talked about with the sports things, I mean, depending on what you do, it it can be extremely accessible. Well, you know, I know, I mean, there's been a lot of talk about the poker machines in these, in different uh, establishments around here. Okay. And, like video poker? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, you know, parts of the community don't want it, but then it's kind of lucrative for the business owners. Right. And, um, you know, and I've wondered about those too. You know, how much money are people pouring into those machines? I have heard from the neighborhood that I live in a couple of establishments that have um, the machines, and they are killing i mean if they're a restaurant they're killing it off of the machine just the machine just that alone is is blowing their profit out of the water i mean and i've heard the numbers that come out and you just wouldn't even believe i mean a a dive little place that you don't even know exists and you hear some of the numbers that they're making and you're like no i'm like who goes there but i think it's the same people yeah they that have the same addictions you know so I guess the message is if you're out there and you need help, according to our guest today, it just takes one day to just say no. Yeah. You know? Um, Yeah. And you can see from our guest um, how he turned his life around. Yeah. And and how he hit rock bottom. Yeah. So I think that's it for this episode. That's it. All right. So for Too Fit to Be Tied, I'm Jerome. I'm Constance. And we'll see you next time. Bye. Thank you.